You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 68th edition of this here podcast that we all know and love as the OKC82 Podcast. I am Brady Trantham with... The now cured. Thank you. Thank you, God. Madison <laughs> Morris is back. Cured. Her lovely voice has returned. Y'all um, didn't want to hear it the other night, I promise. Yeah, for those who, um, if you, for whatever reason, decided not to listen to our last podcast after the Thunder defeated the Utah Jazz on Monday night, uh, Madison was supposed to do the postgame show with me. Um, she was not feeling well. Her voice was very deep. She had been working a lot. Uh, she'd been working the coal mines, so she had, <laughs> she had the black lung, and um, um, she had to ask our good friend and producer at the franchise, Chisholm Holland, to do the post game with me. So she just sat in the producer's chair and didn't really get to talk that much. And the whole reason th- for that is to like, a welcome back to the show, Madison. It's been too long. Ah, it's so good um, to be back. It's also it's also been quite a while since we've been in this building. We're uh, recording this, of course in the uh, mid-level section of Chesapeake Energy Arena, looking at an empty floor, but also just as a way to, since you weren't, you didn't have the, the gift of speech for the last few few days, couldn't talk that much, um, you've missed quite a bit <laughs> of, of news. Yep. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of flesh out your thoughts on the uh, Utah Jazz fan slash Russell Westbrook situation that occurred uh, during the game on Monday night. So okay. here you are. Okay, so I will be very careful about what I say because I actually have given it a little bit of thought. Um, I agreed with a lot of what you and Chisholm said on the show when you guys talked about that because it had just happened. It was very fresh on everyone's mind, and now we've had a couple of days to digest it and kind of uh, get some more information, read a little bit more into it, uh, hear both sides of the party, and actually a lot of action has been taken because of it. I will say that the, I, I'm trying to figure out where I want to start, but I will say that there should never be an instance where you talk to another human being in a degrading way like that under any circumstances. I know... The fan to Russell Westbrook. Fan, yeah. Yes, fans to Russell Westbrook. This is what I'm referring to right now. I don't understand where civilization has turned into monsters who degrade each other and say just the most foul things that come to mind and think it's okay to say it. I've never understood that. Um, I don't know what's brought that on all of a sudden, but it's, it's very painful to see that that's what it's come to. And especially in a sporting situation, I am 100% in agreement that sports bring out the foulness and the cruelness in people because it brings out a type of emotion that nothing else can bring out. But there still has to be a fine line between being humane and being inhumane. And I personally don't think that there is any excuse to be inhumane anymore because, you know, this is a cruel, cruel world, but it's also an opportunity to build each other up and to say nice things and to be a good person and to reflect good things. So what I'm getting at basically is I thought it was absolutely horrible that something like that was said to Russell Westbrook. Um, I will say that some of the things that Russell uh, retaliated with were out of line as well. 
there's really no winner on this and I'm not taking sides and I don't want people to think, oh, well, she covers the Thunder. She's obviously going to take Russell Westbrook's side because that's not the case on this. I'm not, I mean, I graduated middle school like 10 years ago, so I'm not going to take sides. <laughs> but I will say that both parties were in the wrong in their own way. Um, I hope that it's just something that people can see and learn from and hopefully uh, a lot of the hate that this world has to offer can start to diminish a little bit because there's really no excuse for that and it just makes the world a lot darker. So um, yeah, I was pretty disgusted by what happened in Utah, but then again, um, I'm hoping that this can just go away and people can learn from it and Russell can move on with his life. This Utah Jazz fan who is now banned from the arena can just move on from it and hopefully um, he'll start to understand that there's no room for hate. So, yeah, that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, and we will, of course, get to the Thunder's victory over Brooklyn in a few minutes. But, again, I wanted to give Madison a chance to air her thoughts out on the whole situation. And then also since, you know, the, the podcast, the post-game show, more – it was a post-game show, it wasn't really a podcast – on Monday night, you know, the th other things have happened. Russell Westbrook got a $25,000 fine, uh, which was the same amount that Paul George got when he complained about the officiating um, last Friday night after he fouled out against the Clippers. So that's that's a little okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, like you said, the fan, uh, Shane Kiesel, Kiesel, whatever his name is, um, I've hesitated to say his name this entire time because I don't really want to give the idiot credit or, you know, whatever. I just don't want to give him another spotlight. Right. Um, but, yes, he was banned from all events and the arena that the Jazz play in because I can't remember that, that arena's name right now. Um, it, it, it's important, you know, Matt, it's important, Madison, that, um, you, you know, when you were saying, like, I don't want to I don't want to want it to sound like I'm picking sides. I, I think it's, it's silly that we have to point this out. Of course, we're on the side of anti of anti-racism. Right. Yeah. Like. So in, in that sense, yeah, we're on Russell's side. But when we're talking about picking sides here, um, I mean, that fan said absolutely terrible things. Russell Westbrook said an absolutely bad, terrible thing mm -hmm. himself with uh, threatening violence against that man's wife. Um, on on the human level, I certainly understand where Russell's coming from. He's doing that react purely reactionary. And from what we've seen in the last, you know, 24 hours, I mean, every, I'm sure everybody saw that other video that – Hadn't been released. I hadn't seen it, at least, mm -hmm. um, from last year's play on um, postseason, Game 4 in Salt Lake City, where a fan, a few rows from the floor, right in front of Russell Westbrook, who's just doing his pregame thing, stretching and dancing around, um, this fan called Russell Westbrook a boy. And uh, he even threw in the southern twang with it to even throw more hate sauce onto it, if that's possible. And at when this occurred, Russell Westbrook just immediately stopped what he was doing, looked at the fan, and just shook his head and said, stop. And the guy had the idiocy and the audacity to say it again. Mm -hmm. And shame on the people around him for not like, what are you doing? Right. So uh, Russell, of course, just grabbed the event staffer right next to him, uh, arena official, and pointed him out, and that's where the video cut off. So, again, I, I certainly understand Russell's immediate emotional reaction because I have reacted to things in similar fashion where I regret it later on. Right. You, you know, these things happen. Um, what Russell did um, can be forgiven. What that fan did, I mean, we should live in a forgive and forget world, but I mean, racism is sadly a thing that 
um, is still affecting it's society. It's, it affects this country. Um, I think the the good thing that comes out of this is that a light is is shine is shown on this occurrence, and it sadly happens all over the country. It happens everywhere in sporting events. It doesn't just happen in Salt Lake City. It doesn't just happen. It 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 probably does occur in Oklahoma City. I've yet to hear anything about that. Um, but it's just kind of a general rule of thumb. When you get 20,000 people together, there's bound to be a few idiots. Right. Um, hopefully this doesn't happen again, but because there's been such an outcry of support for Russell Westbrook, supporting him as a human being, him as an African-American, and supporting the, you know, this happens to us all the time, and fans don't get any consequences whatsoever. Hopefully, I, I don't know, I, like right now, I don't know what the NBA can do to, pol- to police the you know, the thousand people that sit within earshot, the yeah. couple thousand people that sit within earshot of an NBA game. I don't know how you police that. Ooh, it just it just comes down to you need to be a decent human being, and uh, sadly for some idiots that um, is too hard for them. Yes. And I also, one more thing before we get into the um, the game, which was ended up being a very exciting game it for the Thunder. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk uh, specifically to one of our listeners, um, I'm assuming your name is Kendra because your handle is at Kendra's work. So if your name is not Kendra, I'm sorry. But um, uh, you had you tweeted me earlier today, and I was driving, <clears throat> stuck in traffic, wasn't able to really look at my phone. But I, I read your comment, and uh, by the way, thank you so much for listening. Read your comment and decided it's probably best to just address it on the podcast. I'm assuming um, you're referring to when I was talking on the last podcast, which was a post-game show, about, you know, Russ. it was just a bad look for Russell Westbrook and, and that he was probably going to get fined or suspended. Um, I just, Kendra, I just wanted to remind you, and I'm not trying to be rude at all, uh, I just wanted to remind you, that was a post-game show that happened, that started minutes after the game had ended. So this had, like, we were on live radio before the fan video was released where he told his side of the story. Um, I think we were on for another five minutes by the time Russell Westbrook actually had his comments. And all this whilst trying to juggle what actually happened during the game because I have to talk about that on the radio. So, I look, in this business, you're going to disappoint a lot of people. And hopefully the only way that I disappoint people is that is just because they just disagree with my basketball takes. I don't want to – I was merely working with what I had at the time, which was not that much. I didn't have that much time to digest it. And also, I, I am a big proponent of personal responsibility. And kind of what Madison and I were talking about earlier, um, yes, Russell, I understand as a human being why – he reacted that way. I probably would have done something similar. Mm-hmm. I would have said something similar. Madison knows how much I cuss <laughs> when we're not on, when we're not podcasting. So I'm sure she she definitely agrees. But um, still, I just I was shocked that Russell said that about a woman. I don't know. I, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm not glad that this happened because I don't want a human being to go through something like that. But again, going kind of rounding this back, I'm glad it happened because when once idiocy is shown and there's a brighter light um shown upon idiocy you're less likely to see it happen hopefully again so hopefully we just get one step closer to uh just being better people when we're all together trying to enjoy um what is you know a game to some people what is work to you and me so um that was the whole soapbox thing but again kendra um and the reason why i'm 
talking directly to you is because this is this is not necessarily a sports issue um again people are going to disagree with you and me madison but this is something that i feel is a little bit more important so uh yeah just wanted to say that and get that um, get that out of the way but yeah kendra thank you so much for listening to the show anyway we appreciate all of our subscribers um but with that we are 12 minutes into this and we have yet to talk about the thunder outscoring the nets 66 to 44 in the second half after starting the game one for 11 <laughs> um it seemed like everybody but russell westbrook um could put the ball through the hoop right or anybody but Russell Westbrook could put the ball through the hoop tonight um it was you know Madison there was a moment early in that first quarter the the Thunder are down 11 to 1 nothing is working for them they're turning the ball over they're missing shots I think there was one possession where Stephen Adams missed three or four shots right under the rim just he kept getting an offensive rebound and just could not put the ball through but the Thunder are down 11 to 1 and I believe right after an offensive rebound tip Back to Russell Westbrook, back to the top of the key. <laughs> he just drains a three because, for whatever reason, Russell Westbrook decided he wants to be a three-point shooter now, <laughs> and he's really good at them since the All-Star break. He hit that three, and it was kind of a sign of things to come. Russell was going to be on all game. He had a, his second, a second really good game in a row. And uh, luckily for them, Paul George kind of returned to his uh, – former self prior to the all-star break in the second half yeah it really was a tale of two halves because i don't know about you Brady, but i was sitting here watching the first half of this game just thinking oh my goodness this is going to be ugly this is just not looking so good uh, i believe brooklyn started off the game on a 9-0 run it was just it was a little tragic and i could kind of tell from the fan base they haven't been in chesapeake energy arena in well over a week and being back, there was a lot of excitement. People were very excited to see the Thunder play again. Obviously, they just came off that huge win in Utah. Um, I mean, yes, it was pretty controversial, but, I mean, it was just another chance to see this team do what they do best and just get after it on the court. And that wasn't happening to start the game. So it was a little like a like a taken back kind of moment. So, um, yeah, the first half was just awful it was complete and total garbage and I'm so sorry if that offends anyone listening to this uh but it was it was pretty garbagey um it was just bad things did not look good Brady I know exactly what possession you're talking about with Steven Adams because I was just like uh, uh, the entire time he had four opportunities to put the ball back up in the exact same spot getting his own offensive rebound every single time and he just couldn't put it up and it was just like a this right there is the epitome of the entire first half of this game because it was disappointing and it was just like within arm's reach but it couldn't be finished so it was just it was just pretty ugly but uh, i mean i've been saying this all all year long and i'm starting to really really be proud of it but uh one of those magical halftime talks happened and all of a sudden the thunder remembered how to play basketball and they came out here and they fought and they did not let brooklyn take uh, a hold of them anymore i mean there was one sequence where Paul George hits a three. Uh, I think he had either a back-to-back or Russell Westbrook got in there in the middle of it. But it was like three three-pointers in a row. Paul, Russell, Paul, or Paul, mm-hmm. Paul, Russell. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was exactly what this arena wanted to see. It was exactly what this team needed. Uh, it was just a big spark of energy that really set them off. And, I mean, Paul George said it best in his post-game interview. He said, you know, as soon as they got going and they felt good about where they were, they, there was no way they were going to let Brooklyn win this game, and they didn't. And it was a huge win for them, winning, what, 108-96. to I mean, that's just a big win, especially if they're about to go to Indianapolis and face a team they have not even looked at this season yet. I mean, it's, it's nearing the end of the season, and the fact that they haven't played this team yet in uh, the Pacers, that's a big deal. So, you know, I feel like it would have really changed the momentum of this team going into Indianapolis if they weren't 
uh, coming out on top tonight, but they did, and they were able to handle Brooklyn with ease in the second half. First half, total, totally different story, but I mean, it was just, it was refreshing to see because they just got strong. They had contributions from Deontay Burton and uh, Nerlens Noel. Steven Adams really picked up his game. I think he had two back-to-back -back dunks when, uh, or some kind of shot, uh, both from Russell. So the chemistry was on, or was there in the second half. People were just really on fire. Offense, uh, offense really picked up. It was just, it, it was a night and day type of game. Yeah, and... <laughs> I mean, it really was because the, the Nets got out to a lead as large as 17 in the first half. The Thunder ended up having their largest lead coming in the second half, and it was 16. So it was literally a tale of two halves. Right. That is as close to the cliche as you could possibly get. <laughs> I um, love that cliche. I say it all the time. I mean, this was this was one of the first th – I mean, you take out the, the first – Oh, 16, 17 minutes of the, of the game. You know, the first quarter, you just throw the first quarter out, about half of the second quarter. From there on, this looks like the this looked like the Oklahoma City Thunder from two, three months ago, right. where, where they were winning games because of their defense. They forced seven turnovers in that third quarter that where they outscored the Nets 38 to 26. They forced seven turnovers. They only had one turnover themselves. The biggest difference between a few months ago Oklahoma City Thunder and tonight in that time stretch was Russell Westbrook also, you know, did his thing scoring-wise because a few months ago it was just all Paul George with a mm -hmm. little bit of Russell Westbrook sprinkled here and there, just really low efficiency scoring. But, you know, tonight Russell, another great game, and he's just really put – a, a few, you know, just a good string of games together in a row since the All-Star break. 12 of 23 from the floor, 4 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, All right. <laughs> knocked down three of his five foul shots. Uh, had his 26th triple-double of the year, uh, 130th um, career-wise, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, uh, three steals. It was just, you know, real, another example of spectacular basketball for, from Russell Westbrook. And <laughs> it, it, was, it was funny. Like, I asked Billy in the postgame um, if he had noticed, you know, in these last few games, like, is there anything different, you know, around the rim that you've noticed with Russell uh, passing the ball, scoring, the, finishing the ball uh, at the basket? And he just, you know, he said, you know, kind of the thing that you and I would talk about for the first 20 or 30 podcasts this season of, yeah, like he was shooting really bad for himself, like, like career-wise. But I feel like everybody that covers this team or follows the team knew that and that it was going to eventually even itself out and get better. And I'm curious if Billy Donovan was just like, it, you know, just two weeks ago, come on, please. <laughs> I'm like holding out so much hope for you right now. What are you doing? And um, But, you know, luckily for the Thunder, um, it, it's kind of it's kind of, you know, come at the right time. Uh, the Thunder, of course, haven't got the wins to show for it, but. You know, since Paul George has been in this funk and then dealing with a shoulder injury, which I guess he had another minor, minor shoulder injury tonight on the mm -hmm. other shoulder that he talked about in the post game. Um, but since then, you know, Paul's efficiency has been down, his scoring's been down until tonight. But Russell has really picked it up, and uh, you know, I guess that we can, with that, we can segue into Paul George because uh, the defense has always been there, even when he's been in this funk. The deep, like. The, He's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh -huh. But tonight we finally got to see an offensive surge from him uh, that's been missing for the last few games. So uh, 9 of 18 from the um, from the field, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 4 of 4 from the free-throw line, 25 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He just did everything tonight. No, he really did. He really looked like a completely different player. And I think he's kind of uh, getting back into his rhythm. I mean, he's 
been asked a multitude of times if his shoulder injury has really affected him at all. Uh, he kind of said, I mean, obviously, if you're going to battle an injury, then things are going to be a little bit off. But he gave a lot of credit to, uh, like, the training staff and uh, just people who take care of the team, saying that they're going to make sure that he's in tip-top condition. And I think they're really working with him right now because he is looking a lot better. He's taking a lot more shots. Um, I mean... He just, he looked a lot better tonight, especially just because he was able to knock down uh, three-pointers. I think, yeah, he hit three of them tonight. Uh, he did start the game 0-2 from the three-point line, but, <clears throat> I mean, that's not really the end of the world. It's not really something to look and say, oh, gosh, Paul George has just gone off the deep end. Uh, no longer MVBG or whatever people call him. I, I don't even know. Yeah, he, but, <laughs> he started off one of six from the floor and then hit right. eight of his final uh what is it? Like math. Eight of his final twelve shots yeah. from the floor. Um, yeah, it was. It just looked like, oh wow, this is going to be another game where Russell has to do the brunt of the scoring again. And if the Thunder foul a lot, if Russell just doesn't have it for both halves scoring wise, this could get. You know, it was about to get r- much worse than a seventeen point deficit. Yeah, and it it just like it was so. It was so different. I mean, he just looked real different. I mean, yes, like Brady was saying, he was kind of nursing that left shoulder tonight. Uh, He did say he took another hit to it, but he's really taking care of himself. He's being very cognizant of uh, where he is on the floor, and he's also really taking care of that shoulder. But, I mean, I think things are really going to start looking up for this team because if he's going to go back into uh, kind of that rhythm that he was feeling before the All-Star break and before he got hurt in Denver – I mean, if Russell Russell Westbrook is going to keep playing like this, Paul George is going to step it up. Jeremy Grant is obviously a player that doesn't get enough uh, attention on this team just because he is absolutely fantastic. And then, I mean, Stephen Adams, yeah, we are not really we, but Thunder fans really harp on Stephen Adams a lot right now. And I understand why. It's very understandable. There's just a lot going on um, with Stephen Adams' game right now. Uh, it did improve a little bit. He had a much better second half than the first half tonight. But, I mean, if these guys are going to fall back into the rhythm that they had maybe like before the All-Star break and people really keep stepping up, I mean, this team is going to be pretty dangerous in the last few games. And I, I, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about them just seeing the way that they battle and the way that they are able to finish these games. Yeah, I mean, the defense definitely was there. And it's kind of – I'm glad that you met, uh, mentioned Jeremy Grant just because, you know, 5 of 14 from the floor uh, seemed to hit some timely shots in that second-half surge for the Thunder offensively. Uh, just He's just a guy that just always does something positive. Right. He, it, he can have a game where he doesn't do a lot of scoring, but he'll do so much with his – with his length on defense, he'll do so much on the defensive glass. He'll do so much, um, even uh, defensively, uh, protecting the rim and blocking shots. He just always seems to do something positive for the team. And the Thunder really needed it tonight because this is already a shorthanded roster, even though they just recently uh, upgraded Deontay Burton to a full-time contract. You know, tonight they didn't have Markeith Morris. He was out. He tried to get, tried to um, make it work uh, pre-game uh, with his kind of neck soreness that he's been dealing with since uh, Monday night in that win against Utah. Of course, that was the injury that kept him out for nearly two months Mm -hmm. prior to him signing with the Oklahoma City Thunder when he was still with the Wizards. So it's something that definitely has bothered him this year, and uh, kind of it makes sense why he probably just was like, oh, it's just – Better safe than sorry. Yeah, let's just close it down tonight. Let's just tear it down tonight. But, you know, so the Thunder need guys like Jeremy Grant in in that instance to make an impact, not just – in some of the outlying, you know, statistical categories, but to do it with some scoring, and Jeremy Grant certainly did. Adams got going in the second half. I think he had six points early in the third quarter in the first few minutes or so, and mm-hmm. it just really got his confidence back because the guy has just been dealing with 
just some poor performances yeah. one after another. And yes, you know, I've said time and time again, I understand that he has a lot of responsibilities that have nothing to do with scoring. So I, I, I understand that he's still a good player. I'm not trying to bury him, but yeah, he's played poorly um, since the uh, all-star break overall. And then, you know, even guys like Abdul Nader 0 for 3, Yikes. but just was doing things. He was doing so many things well with the ball in his hands by either moving the ball or um, setting up. He, he threw a lob to Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I didn't know. Cool. I, I didn't know that was allowed. You know? <laughs> and, um, you know, and Deontay Burton, 3 of 7, uh, 7 points. Just guy has all the confidence of an NBA vet. So he, he's definitely a guy that Billy has in his arsenal that, you know, whether it's late in the regular season or even in a postseason game, he could probably, if the roster just doesn't have it, he can throw him out there and just be confident that he's not going to get embarrassed defensively. He's not that much of a liability. Billy said tonight that he thought this was a good spot for Deontay because Brooklyn likes to go four guard heavy mm-hmm. uh, with their lineup so that they needed – that uh, versatility to guard multiple positions on the perimeter, uh, which is why Deontay got the nod over Patrick Patterson tonight. So, um, you know, just a lot of versatility on this roster, and it really showcased itself tonight. But before we get into the questions, Madison, I do want I do want to showcase uh, that possession, and I'm sure everybody knows what possession I'm talking about. Right. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and hit play on my phone because I have it pulled up right now. We can just kind of break it down play by play. So okay. it looks like Russell has it at the top of the elbow, 10 feet out from the three-point line. He's dribbling, dribbles to the basket, passes it to Jeremy Grant, who misses a corner three. Russell gets the rebound, passes it back to Steven, who loses it, who loses it misses the shot, put back, back to Ferguson at the elbow, passes to Jeremy, who tries to pass to Steven Adams, who bobbles it, and Jeremy Grant goes and catches it in the corner. Russell Westbrook ends up with the the ball in the opposite corner, and then he buries a three. It was the ugliest, best possession of the season. (laughs) (laughs) It was really ugly because it was a lot of sloppiness, but um, it was kind of a freaking miracle that it worked to the Thunder's advantage because, I mean, that's exactly what it did because Russell was obviously able to get uh, that three-pointer to end it, but I think the excitement really just came from everybody being absolutely shocked that that actually went well because like I said the ball was all over the court people were not uh, keeping their hands on the ball Jeremy Grant was this close and I know you guys can't see me but my <laughs> fingers are Her almost fingers, touching yeah they're almost touching. they were almost touching he was this close to letting that ball go out of bounds and I mean it just would have been the most anticlimactic thing ever but uh, he was able to be real quick uh, real aggressive and he was able to get it back to Russell who uh, he was able to kind of size up whoever that was guarding him and he was able to bury the three. So it was a big possession, and it brought a lot of life to the arena. I was actually sitting down here at that point taking pictures, and it, it, this place was loud. I'm pretty sure I even tweeted out, the peak is, in fact, lit. Yeah, Because it, it was lit. And yeah. so it was just big. It was huge. Yeah, I was in the media room at the time, um, and I could – it's pretty well – um, I don't even know what the word is. Like you can't, you can barely, you can't even hear the crowd in the media room. Right. You know, it's like ten feet from the floor almost. <laughs> and once Russell hit that shot, you could pretty much hear the roar. And, right. You know, that's just indicative of what the Thunder are able to do because of their athleticism. They can, they can, they are probably one of the better teams at turning, you know, a, an ugly, ugly, ugly stretch of play or an ugly possession and just something incredibly beautiful yeah <laughs> I, I jokingly tweeted like the beautiful game it's like yeah I'm sure Spurs fans would see that tweet and laugh their you know <laughs> tails off at it but hey what you, the whole point of it is to get about get a bucket and that possession resulted 
in three points. So uh, kudos to everybody involved on that one. I'm sure uh, Chris Fisher and Michael Cage had fun on that call. Oh my gosh, I bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I guess anything else. I'm just, let's see if I'm trying to. I'm trying to see. If, Eleven turnovers, just twenty fouls for the Thunder, which is huge because you know they went through that stretch against Portland, LA, where they just fouled and fouled and fouled, and they're just they're getting better at at small little windows of things, yeah. which is what you need to do at this time of year. You need to kind of clean up some of the edges, um, round off a, a few things here and there, and then get try and get healthy and try and get into rhythm for a postseason run. Which um, if the Thunder play like they do in the second half, if they get this Russell Westbrook and Paul George continues to build off of that second half performance and we get pre-All-Star break Paul George, Russell keeps playing like he has been playing. This is going to be this is going to this team's going to be a problem to uh, teams in the West even to uh, Golden State who we'll see on Saturday. Dun, 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 dun. That's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be a circus. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm wearing comfy clothes. Um, okay, so with that, let us get to the questions which we have quite a few. It was a 6 oh, o'clock sweet. tip off. So, people are still awake. Yeah, people are still awake. Um, I'll, let's try and get through a few of these. Uh, Jesse Swa- Swayze? Jesse Swayze? Jesse Swayze. We'll go with Jesse Swayze. I like it. Uh, at Sooner Fandom asks, when's the next update on Robertson? Um, I do not know that. And Royce Young doesn't know that. Brett Dawson doesn't know that. Nobody knows when the Thunder are going to update us on the status of Andre Robertson. Um, we... Try to do our best in understanding, okay, it's been like a month and a half since mm-hmm. the last time we've asked, so um, let's go ahead and ask Billy so he can tell us nothing further. <laughs> um, of course, if we're at if we're um, at a practice and we see him doing a little bit more than what he's been doing, like if we see him cutting or running or even jumping, the last time I saw him was about two or three weeks ago. It was, right, it was a shoot-around right before they went on this four-game road trip. Right. And um, he, was doing, he was doing jump shots, but by not jumping. He was doing that earlier in the season, and then right before he had his second flare-up, um, he was. That's when he. I think that's when everybody put out the. I think I did. Everybody put out those videos of him cutting to the basket, dunking, jumping with his jump shot. So he's, you know, as of two or three weeks ago, he is not there. But it, that could have changed. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I do not know on the <laughs> medical status. Of I don't know anything, so I don't have anything to add to that. Um, Brandon Rush. At Brandon Rush asks, the Rush Jimmy better than rocking the baby. I I, I grew up a Miami Heat fan, and um, I'll never forget that 2006 season when the Heat beat the Mavericks for the uh, championship. One of those one of those game like on the road to that finals, I believe it was Game Four, Game Five against the Mavericks. Uh, Antoine Walker, <laughs> the, um, yes, the Antoine Walker. Goes to the basket, gets fouled, hits the bucket, and does his shimmy on the floor on his back. And so I'm always going to err on the side of the shimmy. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, Russ did rock a nice little shimmy tonight. It was actually kind of cool. Um, I think the rocking the baby thing, the rocking the baby thing is kind of, it's kind of I'm over it at this point because yeah. he does it. He does it basically every time he scores on anybody on the on the block, regardless yeah. if they're taller or smaller than him. I mean, pretty much every point guard is going to be smaller than Russell Westbrook. Yes. He's, a, he's a tank. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the shimmy. I'm going to go with the shimmy too. I like the rock the baby because that was kind of like Russ's thing. Uh, it was more signature to him. I mean, I, I've seen a couple of players do the shimmy, uh, especially Steph Curry. And um, I don't know. I just I like the shimmy though because I think it's more of a 
what the heck did he literally just shimmy and so i just think it's funny but yeah i'm, I'm gonna go team shimmy also <laughs> um at bradzilla yo um mr brad valencourt vicky valencourt or valencourt there's an i in there and it's screwing with me apologies if i mispronounce <laughs> your names but uh thank you for the questions regardless is it just me or is nader actually developing a defensive game um, it's a work in progress. It's going to be a work in progress. That's just the level of player that he is. But one thing that I can say for him is the guy has a high motor. He d- he hustles. He runs his ass back on defense. He runs his ass back on offense on the fast break. Even when he knows he's probably not going to get the ball. Even when he makes a mistake on the offensive end, he has to charge back on defense. The guy has the motor, and he has the athleticism and the skills needed to become a pretty good defensive player and Mm -hmm. I think with the Thunder if he has a future with the Thunder past you know next season the year beyond that um, Billy has always stressed that they want him to be able to guard multiple multiple positions starting from the four spot Um, with that he just has to get a little bit bigger he's still a little bit on the uh, thinner side Mm -hmm. and so hopefully if he does put on some weight put on some muscle get more accustomed to banging down low and in the paint and then being able to flare out onto the perimeter, hopefully he doesn't lose his athleticism. But but I like where he is, and he's a guy that I think two weeks ago, I if you asked me, is he going to play a lot in the postseason, I would have said probably not. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if the Thunder make it, let's say they make it to the Western Conference Finals, I can see him playing a lot uh, consistently in the first two rounds at least. No, I do too, and I, I kind of like where he said, I like where he is right now. I think he's developed a lot more confidence. I think he's playing uh, more of a dynamic style with this team now. I think he's really developed over his time and how his playing time has uh, increased a little bit. Yeah, he did go over tonight, but I mean, he's had some games where he's made some big shots. He's had some games where maybe he only made one or two shots, but they were pretty clutch in clutch situations. So, I mean, this team always could use a guy like that, regardless of if he's putting up 20, 30 points a night. I mean, a guy can only put up three points a night, but they can be crucial and they can be helpful. So, I mean, I I personally, I like Abdul Nader. Like Brady said, I think he is extremely uh, athletic. I think his agility is notable. I think that's something this team could really use as they go on in the postseason. So, I mean, maybe he won't have a ton of playing time, but I think any playing time and any presence that he has on the court is going to be useful and very, uh, very vital for this team. So, yeah. Boom. Maddie Moles at Maddie Moles Pod. Uh, Always ask us some pretty good questions. Maddie Moles, I just want to give a shout out to Maddie Moles because he is very active with us and I very appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Maddie. Um, why do we feel the need to spot teams double digit points every game? Many thanks. Um, <laughs> Great question. I mean, I think any team that relies on a guy like Paul George to do some scoring, um, I think any team that relies on that type of guy to perform like that and that guy does not perform like that you're going to be down. Yep. You know, you're going to find <laughs> yourself gonna, in, yeah. in a hole, um, even with a guy like Russell Westbrook. Because the other thing was the Nets were hitting shots early. They went through a stretch in the first quarter where they weren't hitting shots, but the Thunder did not capitalize on them by hitting their own shots. There's just too many guys were just missing shots, particularly Paul George. So yeah. um, the good thing is is um, <laughs> uh, Matt Moore, HP Paroxysm, can never never know how to say that word. And because um, I, I suck. I just suck. Um <laughs> Never know how to say, but he has pretty much written into law 
this occurrence. The Thunder cannot be blown out, and they cannot blow anybody out. Right. So even if the Thunder are down 10, 15, like tonight they were down 17, they're going to come back because this team is so tenacious. They're athletic, long. They thrive off of energy, and especially when they like right now they're 23 and nine at home. They thrive off of this arena. Um, you're going to be hard pressed. Just just keep watching the game. I'll just say. Right, and I mean I completely agree. I think. It, yeah, they allowed Brooklyn to uh, have a 17-point lead over them at one point in this game. But, it, I mean, who cares? Like, they were able to come back. They were able to win the game. And I'm pretty sure that they would say the same thing. And a win's a win. They were able to take away the win tonight. And, I mean, it's completely irrelevant thinking back on the first quarter now, the second quarter, the first half in general. Just who cares? I mean, the way you finish a game and the way that this team did finish the game, then – that's that. And, I mean, that's how the cookie crumbles, and they are able to walk away with this one. That was huge. So, I mean, yeah, it's not ideal to allow your uh, opponent to pick up double digits over you at any point in time. But, I mean, every team in this league has done that this season, I guess. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's going to be all right. And, like, I totally agree with that question. Like, why does that keep happening? But, I mean – like I said, who cares? They won this game. They keep coming and back and fought. winning. They keep yes. coming back and winning, or at least, I mean, they lost to the Clippers, yes, but they, I think they led during that yeah. game. Oh, so, they led at one point, yeah. yeah. Um, Levi, at Levi, and then there's a lot of numbers. Hey, Levi. <laughs> Did you guys know that Spencer Didwitty is married to Andre Robertson's sister? Just found that out. We yeah. did know that. Yes, we did. They were hanging out um, on the floor. Um, when we were done in the locker room. With the baby. So that was about 45 minutes after the game ended, 45 yeah. to an hour. And so they were they were hanging out with their family and friends on the floor, yeah, for like another 20 minutes. So, yeah. Um, I did know that. I found, I, I found that out last season when mm-hmm. Russell hit that game-winning shot against the Nets in Oklahoma City. I can't remember what time of the year it was, but it was they, they play mm-hmm. twice a year once in each on each home floor. So it was that game. So that's when I found out. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Small world. They both it is. they both played at Colorado and um, University of Colorado, and yeah, small world. Small world, so. guys. I'm telling you. Uh, Brian Walling at BW4 Sooners asks if the Thunder continue to shoot this poorly early in games, what is Kyler Murray's actual height? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I uh, Brady, you take I, it away. I do. <laughs> I do questions like that all the time to my friends that have podcasts. <laughs> um, Kyler Murray is, I'm five foot eleven. Um, early last football season, so the year that Kyler was the quarterback, Madison and I had to do some football stuff for the franchise. So we went to some uh, practice availabilities. I'm five foot eleven. Um, Kyler Murray is not five foot ten, but hey, he measured out as five foot ten. I don't care if he's five foot four; the guy can play quarterback. So, uh, yeah. That's my take on the whole situation. My take is cool. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I respect Kyler Murray. Don't anyone hate me now. No, you don't follow you, me. You don't have to respect Kyler Murray. It's I respect okay. Kyler Murray. He is a hell of a player. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I wish him well in the whole NFL thing. Uh, but go Pokes. Heisman. At the tweets of Todd. Asks, if you could have one Thunder player cell phone for a day with no rules on what you could or couldn't look at, whose would you choose and why? None of the above, because I think they'd all be disgusting, and I don't want to know anything that's on those. <laughs> I don't want to know anything that's on their phone. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm not really kidding. Actually, I'm a little torn on this. If I had to pick someone, um, oh gosh, none of the above. Final answer. I don't. I don't want to see what's on their phone, guys. Hmm. 
Oh, none of them. I, 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 I don't. Just, I really don't. Um, I, I guess I'm not that interested. I had, I talk to them when we have to talk to them, you know, in the locker room or at practices, and um, that's enough. If yeah, I, that's if, enough. If I meet them later in life in a personal setting, then that's different. But, eh. eh like, nah, I don't really think. want to know about their personal uh, life. Todd, I will – you tell me which – which player's cell phone you want in this hypothetical situation, and I will hypothetically give you that cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Brad asks a second question. Uh, what do you think the Thunder's record will be in their remaining games? Um, God, how many games they have left? That's, that's really hard to, t- to say because of so many factors. Like You play two to four games a week. So many things can happen that you can't predict. But the majority of the Thunder's games are at home, and like I said, they're 23 or so and nine uh, at home. So you've got to like the Thunder's chances in the, I guess, the backstretch of their uh, regular season. Um, let's see. There's one more. Yes. Uh, Melinda Redman at MKR2400 asks, which Russ GIF is the best? The Rock, the Rock the Baby, the Mean Mug, or the now trending favorite Shimmy Shrug? My favorite Russell Westbrook GIF is the one where he... Um, <laughs> he's uh, injured in his suit on the bench, and then he like pokes his head up, and then looks at a fan that I guess was hopefully just talking innocent trash to him <laughs> and not terrible racist BS trash to him. Um, just kind of looked at him and like gave him a look, and then just started laughing. That's my favorite one because it's so applicable to so many situations on Twitter. Oh, totally. I I don't know if I had to pick between those three, I'm probably gonna say the mean mug because that's like what my internal self is doing 24 seven. It's just mean mugging. Um, I don't know. I, I really like the Russell Westbrook gift. Where I think he was getting interviewed at the end of the game, and he's like, ah, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. Uh, yeah, that was, um, I guess, the first perfect triple-double in NBA history where he – I can't remember what made it perfect. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember. But, yeah, I think it was that game. I really like that one because it's just very uncharacteristic of Russ, and it was kind of like him having a little fun with himself for once. So, uh I don't know. I, I think it's kind of funny because, like Brady said, that one's also pretty applicable. <laughs> well, with that, um, if everybody can't tell, I'm I'm not just tired, but I'm getting whatever Madison had because my oh, eyes are... Oh, bur- shoot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my eyes are burning. My throat is scratchy. I can't really hear anything, so... Oh, God. We're all falling apart, y'all. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost... The postseason's almost here. Um, but yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast once again. Uh, the Thunder defeat the Nets 108 to 96 or something like that. They beat the they beat the hell out of them in the second half. That's all you need to know. Um, thank you for listening once again. But for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Have a good night, everybody.